You are now entering Film Club. I see, Nate. You're fond of me, lobster. Molly, you in danger, girl. Your ass looks like about 150 pounds of chew bubblegum piled, you know that? Say it, sir! I'm leaving you, people. What do you mean, you people? What do you mean, you people? Huh? Now answer my question. Were you rushing or were you dragging? What's going on, everybody? Welcome to Philco. My name is Phoenix Cloudin, and I'm joined this week by the great Zach Sneath. Zach, how are you, sir? Uh, doing good, man. Uh, I feel like I haven't been here in a while. Uh, it's been a minute since I've been on, but uh, just been busy with life. Uh, all good things happening, though. Um, it's been great. So, but I'm excited to be back. I'm excited to talk about Don't Worry, Darling. Uh, super pumped about it. Phoenix, I'm really interested to see what we're about to discuss here. So, uh, yeah, but overall, I'm excited to be back. I'm glad to have you, man, and especially to talk about this film, Don't Worry, Darling. Uh, it's the follow-up from uh, Olivia Wilde. Uh, this is her uh, second directorial effort, stars uh, Florence Pugh, Harry Styles, Olivia Wilde herself, and Chris Pine. Um, this story is about a sort of dystopian future where... Uh, where men and women have traditional uh, roles in the American family. The men go to work, the women stay home and take care of the house. But uh, Florence Pugh's character begins to notice that something is wrong in their, their world and uh, decides to investigate. So that's the general premise of this film. Uh, and obviously, this one goes without saying, but there's been some controversy surrounding this film. Uh, a lot of behind-the-scenes drama going on originally. Uh, I just keep hearing more and more. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's been a couple of things. So originally, Shia LaBeouf was uh, scheduled to, to be in this film. And uh, he had to drop out due to scheduling conflicts. But uh, Olivia Wilde, you know went out there and said that she fired him, even though that wasn't the case. Shia LaBeouf came out and re rebuked her. He he had receipts. He had phone calls that they had, text messages, the whole night. So he basically exposed that as a pretty big lie. Uh, then there was issues between Olivia Wilde and Florence Pugh. Uh, Olivia Wilde and Harry Styles began dating, which, uh, you know, probably beforehand, but, uh, you know, caused a rift in her relationship with Jason Sudeikis. Uh, at CinemaCon, Jason Sudeikis's lawyers or whoever handed uh, Olivia Wilde, I think it was a child divorce papers. It's like divorce papers or something, like literally while she was on I stage so. presenting. Yeah, so it was just, yeah. it's been messy. And obviously the the, the most controversial thing was uh, you know, uh, Harry Styles was going to sit down at, at one of their press events and it looked like he spit on Chris Pine and like the internet he was did, like, he, didn't. he did not No, but like the internet was no, like he did not. ablaze thinking that Harry Styles had, had done that. And 
depending on the angle you saw it from, you could believe it, but they did come out and clarify that that did not happen. But that was, I will happen. say, Harry Styles fit that day was looking pretty fresh. So, did you <laughs> see what he was wearing that little blue suit? That, that blue suit, yeah, with the, with the collar with the one side, yeah, and that was that outfit was dope. I love that. Oh, <laughs> well, I'm like, yeah, so riddled riddled with controversy uh just non non-stop and wait and i heard recently i think yesterday i saw something else that florence Pugh and her also got in a screaming match on yeah. set yeah so, and, and florence yeah. Pugh refused to do any press for this movie which she did not do i like i just realized that she really did not do any press for this movie so <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> a lot of drama uh, surrounding this film, which, you know, I guess in, in a way, you know, the, what's the saying? Like, you know, uh, no, no press is bad press. Like all, all press is good press. Uh, so, you know, hopefully we're recording this on Sunday. So this is the weekend that uh, Don't Worry Darling dropped. So hopefully the controversy creates cash, like uh, Eric Bischoff used to say. You know, like hopefully they see some heavy box office numbers due to all the offset drama. But we're here to talk. I think so. Yeah, we're we're here to talk about the actual movie. <laughs> so Zach, you got a chance to see. Don't worry, darling. Just curious. Like knowing everything uh, surrounding it before you went in, where and also we forgot to mention this, uh, the film got roasted by critics. <laughs> like it, it uh, obliterated. Uh, it currently sits at thirty three percent on Rotten Tomatoes. I think it's at forty on Metacritic. Like so, it got brutalized. So knowing all of that going in, were were your expectations high, low? What were you what were you expecting from Don't Worry, Darling? I'm actually gonna be honest, they're actually pretty low. Um they started off so um they start off kind of high because I mean to me the the cast is pretty stacked, to be honest. Mm -hmm. if you just look at the list. So um even for Harry Styles, I was excited to see his acting kind of debut. Um so yeah, I mean at first I was excited and then I, as I started reading the reviews of the movie and more stuff, the drama coming out about it, I was like, okay, maybe the drama overtook here and this movie just got completely butchered. Um, so going into it, that was kind of my expectations. What about you, Phoenix? Um, yeah, when I, like, the drama itself wasn't really something I, that concerned me, but the low critic scores, I was really thinking like, okay, at some point this movie's going to take a weird turn and it'll just be horrendous, right? Like it'll be obviously horrendous that that something just happens where the script doesn't make sense or characters' actions don't make sense or maybe there's a whole real missing, who knows? Like if the mystery gets solved and it's garbage, whatever. So I went in with that, like, I'm expecting to be disappointed by this movie. And I can say that I came out pleasantly surprised, actually. Um, and I got to say, I, like, I, I, I don't want to guess 
critics' uh, motivations or agendas, but it does seem like they were overly harsh and unnecessarily harsh on this film. Because I like, it's not the best film of the year, but like, I think they they were they took it a little bit too far, in my opinion. Uh, like, I I didn't think the movie was that bad. That's 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 what I'm saying. What about you? Uh, yeah. So for me, yeah, coming out of it, I was actually really happy with the movie. Um, to me, I personally, we're gonna talk about why, but I will say for me personally, um, it was a film that I would watch over and over again. Um, I did really actually enjoy it. Um, I was very surprised too. Um. I had a few small issues with it, um, but we'll we'll kind of talk about that here in a second. But yeah, overall, I was really surprised coming out of it uh, because I went in kind of with low expectations that maybe critics got right that, you know, that this movie tanked and maybe it was due to the drama. So the chemistry was weird or something. So but uh, I was happy to say that uh, that was not the case for this movie. Um, personally, it's one of my favorite for the year. Um, now, will it say that way? Probably not, uh, considering everything coming out at the end of the year. Um, but I will say it did uh, for me uh, a lot compared to what I've seen recently. But I mean, if you look at what we've seen in the past months, I mean, nothing great has been coming out. So. <laughs> This has been probably one of, yeah, you know, one of the better movies that have come out uh, this year so far, but we definitely have more to come. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, that was, that was pretty much my, my uh, take on it as well was like, you know, coming out of it, like, just because I was like, I mean, like a 33%, I was just like, to me, that says something doesn't work in this film, right? And I just, I, I came out of it and I was going, it's, it's fine. I'm like, you know what I'm saying? I'm like, it, it, it it's fine. The, the acting's pretty solid. Everyone's, everyone's doing yeah. a solid job. Yeah. The acting, I'll, I'll talk about that. The acting was some of my favorite though. Yeah. Uh, I was like, very like, surprised actually. Yeah. Florence Pugh was amazing. I'm like, you know what I'm saying? Like uh, she's an incredible Harry actress. Styles. Listen, Harry Styles is not an actor, and that he killed it, in my opinion, for his first. Like that, it, it was. There were some good scenes in there with him. He didn't. Like, he didn't do anything to where I was like, "Oh no, take him out of the film." No, like, yeah. but no, but like, I mean, for being his first film, and I mean, like, it was it was pretty good. Like, I yeah, you know, like I didn't see anything wrong with what he was doing at all. There's nothing I can criticize about it either, though. Yeah. You know, then, yeah, not the best performance, but a pretty no. damn good one. You yeah. know, like, like I'm like, I'll, I'll put it like this: Would Shia LaBeouf have been better in that role? Absolutely, <laughs> like absolutely, no question about it. But was was it like what what did I lose anything from having Harry Styles in there? No, like it's not a heavily written role you know what i'm saying so like it's not like there's incredible nuance or something that he had to bring to it 
He pretty much just had to read what was on the page, and he was solid. Um, yeah, would would Shia LaBeouf have done something different? Absolutely. Would twenty other different actors have brought something different to it? Absolutely. But I think for what the role required, he was solid. You know what I'm saying? He he was solid. Uh, yeah. So in terms of performances, I I, I really thought everyone was fine. Uh, direction was solid. I thought there was some really cool stuff there. I do have some some issues with the direction. We'll get into that a little bit later. But uh, overall, man, like I was waiting for that moment that, you know what I'm saying, that epiphany where it'd be like, oh, this is what everyone hated or like this is what turned the tide for this film. And I was just like, I got you. You're giving me nothing. I'm like, like overall, I was like, this is pretty solid. This is a solid film. So um, let's go ahead and break the seal and let's talk spoilers. If you've not seen Don't Worry Darling, please check it out. Still in theaters. Probably will be in theaters for quite some time. Uh, and let us know what you guys thought, because we're both pretty solid on it. But, you know, maybe you so you see some things differently. All right, but uh, we're going to talk spoilers now. Uh, Zach, kick us off with your spoiler thoughts on Don't Worry, Darling. My spoiler thoughts. Okay, so for me, um, I will say that I like, I'm really trying to think of spoilers because the, the thing is with this movie, right, is that a lot of th things that we have seen were in trailers. Mm-hmm like a lot of the story was so i don't even know really what would be spoilers because i think this was my one issue with the movie was pacing um mm. uh, the pacing of this movie is pretty slow mm -hmm. to begin with in my opinion like i mean i you know i think they drug it out way too long that's mm -hmm. my one gripe with this movie of hey you know what's going on here uh you know and mm -hmm. i think throughout the whole movie like up until like the last like 20 30 minutes right like mm -hmm. it's just hey what's happening here what's going on right like it just is it's a very weird pace mm -hmm. and then at the end i think it just picks up way too quick mm -hmm. so that would be my issue with the movie i mean because the thing is is the i don't even know really what spoiler thoughts would be besides the ending because right everything else is like what we saw in the trailers right it's like what's going on what's happening mm -hmm. um you know why why are we stuck in this 1950s fever dream right mm -hmm. <laughs> so like it, you know that that's kind of the whole point of the movie um but i will say uh florence Pugh, her acting like you said like mm -hmm. amazing mm -hmm. i loved her character in this movie i loved how she played her character like she was she was great um harry styles like i said also surprising uh i thought he gave for him it was great yeah for him it was great exactly. uh, I, I think that was a really good uh acting debut so for him um i really love the scene in the car where He's kind of giving Florence's character Alice over to the handlers of this 
world, right? So let's talk about that. So the whole thing, this whole thing is actually just like a virtual reality world, right? Mm -hmm. The whole world that is created is a virtual reality world, basically for people who are part of this. It's like underground Reddit group, <laughs> right? Like yeah. that's kind of what this reminds me of. And this whole group is like a weird like group of techies and uh very like dystopian kind of people so basically florence is actually there her character is there against her will along with the other wives and they've been brainwashed into thinking you know this is just how life is mm -hmm. so basically the the whole story is that the man who brings them in is responsible for their body physically and making sure it doesn't deteriorate um, while the women are stuck in the world or whoever they're bringing into the world. So um, it was hinted that maybe they brought children into the world, he said. And then Jack at the end said that, you know, they're not real. But, you know, I don't we don't really fully know if he's lying or not because of the point that he's saying this, like he's trying to cover himself. So, um, it was, yeah. So the whole movie is like, they're stuck in like this virtual reality, 1950s fever dream where the women stay at home and get and do whatever they want. And then the men go out and quote unquote work. But what we find out later is that the company headquarters is actually their way of getting back yeah. into the real world. So that means that when they go out, they're actually going back to the real world to work, to pay for them to stay in this VR place. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, ultimately though, um, I mean, if you think of the context, like super creepy, uh, yes. uh, extremely <laughs> creepy. Like they, I will say whoever did Harry Styles makeup <laughs> air for right. his scene where he's in the real world, I was like, wow, he looks disgusting. Yeah. And it's like not something you would ever say about Harry Styles. Right. So, like, you know, hats off to them. Like, that was, yeah, that, like, with the, with the weird, like, greasy hair and, like, kind of receding hairline on the side. And, you know, this weird, like, facial hair. Yeah, that was, uh, they did a really good job with that. <laughs> Terry Styles looked extremely creepy in that scene. Yeah. So, um, you know, it looked like he lived in his mother's basement. But, <laughs> yeah, so the whole movie is that, you know, they these women get dragged here, brainwashed, and then they do housework and think that they're living in this perfect 1950s kind of, age and everything's bright and colorful but really you know everything's the 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 twisted part is everything isn't really bright mm. right um i will say one of my favorite scenes of this movie um there's a part where jack gets a promotion <laughs> yeah yeah like that was i really like the symbolism of that because of it shows that the guy who runs this world which is chris pine's character hang Frank. Uh, he, you know, is really in control of whatever these guys do, right? So it's all weird because all the guys have the same job, right? They all work for, quote unquote, the victory company, mm -hmm. which we find out later is just uh, the name of probably their weird group online, right? <laughs> so, you know, but uh, that was probably one of my favorite scenes is when um, Jack gets a promotion and 
Florence's character, Alice, is still like questioning things. She saw, you know, she saw a plane crash and, you know, she's trying to leave. And, you know, he gets this huge promotion after she's breaking down the bathroom crying, which Florence Pete did a phenomenal job with her acting. I, I can't get over it. Um, <laughs> but yeah, Jack gets this promotion and Hank calls him up to the stage. And after, and after, it's kind of cool because as you see him getting the promotion, you can clearly see that Jack isn't like super excited about it, right? Like, if you mm -hmm. look at He's Harry's definitely face, confused about it, yeah. I don't even think he was confused. I think he was like concerned. Like, yeah. the look on his face was concerning, right? Right. Because right after that, he goes, look at this boy, dance, Jack, dance. And it's like, he's like basically controlling him in a weird way because Jack, Jack keeps dancing like he's like a puppet, right, mm -hmm. for him. And so I really like the symbolism that they were kind of showing there. Um, and then the other thing I really liked too at the end was Olivia Wilde's character, Bunny, basically said, oh, I knew the whole time we were in here, which is kind of, I liked it because Olivia Wilde knew the whole time what was going to happen, you know, what was going to happen in the movie. So, because it's, it's her movie she directed. So, <laughs> uh, I really, I really liked that kind of, you know, that her character knew, you know, all along. It's kind of showing that Olivia also, Olivia Wilde also knew all along. Right. So, Yeah. So, like, you touched on one thing in particular that I absolutely wanted to 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 stress, uh, because earlier I said, like, you know, I had some issues with directing, and one of those was the pacing, is because it becomes really repetitive, like, in, in the second act, uh, like, it, and it, it obviously repetitive, right, because we see one particular scene where she's making breakfast, right? We see that at least, I want to say five or six times, like not, not even exaggerating. Like but it was, it was three. No, it was, it, it was, was three. It, no, it was way more. Trust me, because it's not just, you know, the, the, the pouring of the coffee and the toasting, the, the bread with butter and, and all of that. But we see her, you know, cooking eggs, cooking bacon, pouring his coffee like we see it one time when she's really happy and unassuming and we see it again when she's understood you know something's wrong Wait. And we see it again in the middle of her still going through that that transition then we see I... it again in the middle of her going through that transition wait wait wait, wait. <laughs> i want to say the first the first one that they did of that scene i really liked because it's when she's happy and she doesn't know what's going on yeah. right yeah. And so they're actually in the rain, right? In the car kissing. And the, I really like this transition because they're in the rain and it goes from that to the coffee. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you saw Like, I, I don't know. I really liked it because it kind of uses a similar, like the same sound basically that shows she's born coffee. Nice. Yeah. So, no, like yeah. in terms of, in terms of like the first few times, no cap, it was cool. Like, because it shows you the transition of like her in this happy life and understanding and loving what all this is. And then as she's coming out of it, we see how like this repetitive nature is starting to get to her, right? And so I get it three times. I totally get it three times. The fourth, the fifth, the sixth, I was like, 
okay, you're dragging this on a little bit, right? Literally to the point where, like, when she finally does have that reveal, what is she doing? Cooking breakfast. <laughs> like, and I'm just like, okay, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, it is, I get it, but you may have overused the metaphor there just a little bit. Um, the more I thought about this film, the less I liked it, but I still like it, right? It's because I get what the allegory is, right? I get what the overall message and metaphor of this film is. And it's basically the idea of men controlling women, right? And yeah. it, it's probably the most like overt and and like outlandish version of of that concept, but that's what it is, right? It, and men and men trying to subject women to the particular lifestyle in which they they deem was the was you know the the greatest time when you know women were reduced to the home, they they raised the children, they didn't. They didn't have autonomy, right? They didn't have independence. They didn't, you know, you know, there was none of that femininity stuff, you know what I'm saying? That feminist stuff, right? And they basically wanted to take all of that back. And that's the idea of this, this whole concept is reducing women's uh uh equality. Right? And, that, and that some women are okay with it. Right. And then, you some, know, as we saw, right. uh, and don't want to even question it, right? Which is sad. Which, no, I mean, you know, choices, everybody I mean, has their choices, yeah. But <laughs> I mean, no, I mean, yeah, of course, it is their choice, but at the same time, like, but if your choice because they're, they're getting away from you, yeah, they're getting something from it, so they compromise on what's right. actually right. right for them, yeah. Um, but of course, you know, not to say that. There aren't a lot of women who are housewives who do enjoy doing that stuff, you know. Very true. More power to them, but in this context, we're specifically talking about ones who are being controlled by men. Yeah. So and like, and that was the overall direct metaphor, and I think, um, which I thought was brilliant actually, because I'm like, and so poignant to to obviously the time that we're in, uh, and then I read an article the other day about how the ending of this film was changed from the original script. Really? Okay. Yeah. And like in the original script, really, and when and I read both of them and I was like, you know, the only thing that really changes from the original script to this one is that she finds out um, Florence Pugh's character. She finds out uh, that she, she's been in this virtual reality world and everyone in her life thinks she's dead. And what I found interesting is she discovers the time period. So in this time period, it's 2050, right? So, and what I, that's the only thing I was like, oh, I wish we had gotten that in this script because that would have been such a, a interesting uh, plot point to dive into. That- Oh, uh, like how, how into the future it is. How yeah. Possibly. Like how- Ultimately, like how close it is to our actual future, right? Exactly. Like, yeah, no, absolutely. Exactly. Uh, this movie was very, to me, Black Mirror-esque, uh, uh. which I love. Um, so I, I personally love this movie because I obviously am very uh, into tech. Um, so mm -hmm. whenever you kind of do that with me and give you this dystopian tech future, I'm 
you know, I'm all for it. Uh, <laughs> so I, I really did love that twist in the movie. Um, one other thing I, I will say, I like the way they went right with the colors in the future, like are in the actual world, mm. because what you see, right, is this bright and sunny uh, place that they're living in. And then you get to the real world and it's very dark and grungy and slimy and, mm. you know, it's very, like, not uplifting, right? She's working multiple shifts and, yeah, she's saving lives, but, you know, this world is, like, sad, right? Um, I will like, I do also like that they said it's 2050, so that's a century later after mm -hmm. this bright-eyed and sunny kind of, exactly. you know, lifestyle, right? And then you get to the real world and it's it's 100 years later and it's not this beautiful thing, but it's real, right? right. So I really like that. Um, another gripe I did have, like I would love if they made a sequel for this movie. Now, is it going to happen? Probably, Probably not. Probably not, no. Um, <laughs> but there's a lot, they, they left a lot on the table, um, which I think for me, if, I don't know. I don't know. Olivia Wilde's been kind of all over the place with just her actions. But if it were me and I kind of knew that the cast wouldn't return, I maybe would have done something a little different. Like I would have, you know, gone more into the fact that with Florence waking up and escaping and uh, like, because the, the ending is Florence waking up and you just hear her wake up. Right. You don't actually get to see what happens right after that. After that, which I would have loved to seen, and you know, also the woman who is Hank's wife in the fake world, Jimmy Chan, her character also really loved her acting. Jimmy Chan was solid. Jimmy Chan was great. Yeah, absolutely. Jimmy Chan was great. Yeah. yeah. Um, but you know, you see her character kill Hank. Mm-hmm. And then say, you know, it's time for a woman to do it. And then that's, that's Frank. Frank, by the way, his name's Frank. Oh, Hank. Okay. Sorry. <laughs> sorry. saying Hank. Uh, yeah. Sorry, Frank. I don't know why I kept saying Hank, but uh, yeah, Frank uh, gets killed. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of the last we see of Frank. That's the other thing that I think may have riled people up. And and I think it's it's the one thing where I'm like, it's kind of a complaint, but at the same time, I kind of get it. Um, like I said, the whole movie sort of this allegory for men controlling women, right? Um, but what I think Olivia Wilde leaned into a bit too much, just a, just a tad bit too much, is, is how... You could tell there's some real vitriol towards men in this film like right like and it's it, and it's kind of painfully obvious so you got men who are liars men who are gaslighters men who are controlling men who are you know abusive uh you know men who are lazy right like like so like every example that she has of the men in this film explores one of these really negative traits about them and like, like, or he's like, he's incompetent or he's incompetent again. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, like, yeah. Like Frank's character. Right. So like, it's, it's a lot of that where it's like, like you, you laid it on thick, right? Right. You know what I'm saying? Like you may have laid it on just a little bit too thick 
with that and like and it's every male character too right and there's some level of that now what's interesting about that is if you're thinking of 1950s you know timing kind of spot on like no offense like but it is kind of spot on like those men in that period of time like and what's interesting is these men are not from that time they just appreciate that time but those men in that time were very unaware of their wives lives and their inner feelings because you know what i'm saying this was all about them so there is that that under that level of incompetence and that level of ignorance but i feel like you know, you can have that, but I feel like she leaned into, you know, other aspects as well, kind of heavy. And that sort of, that sort of made, you know what I'm saying, the film feel like a, a manifesto in a sense, right? Where it's like, okay, like I'm seeing your vitriol and, it, and it's painfully obvious and you're laying it on pretty thick. So that like, that to me is one thing where I'm like, I get it, like, if this rubs you the wrong way, but at the same time, I'm like, it's not technically wrong. But, <laughs> but yeah, it's just it's just a little thick. Uh, the other thing, you know, Jim and Chan's character, Killing Frank, um, I thought that was interesting, too. Apparently, that was not in the original script, at least according to what I read. But um, I, I find it interesting too, like this is gonna sound a little weird, but um, the idea of her killing him, right? And she says, the last thing she says is it's my turn now, right? Yeah, and, that's, what, that's, that's the issue I have with it. Yeah, because yeah. I, I'm like, well, one, we never, like we never knew that she had any aspirations to do that, right? It sort of comes out of left field, right? But at the same time, I'm sitting up here thinking it that also in itself is an allegory of like, you know, women who who are like, we've seen men, you know, bundle, bungle this stuff, right? They 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 do everything wrong, they're they're incompetent, they get all these things wrong, they're not doing it right. So when we take over, we're gonna fix it. But at the same time, it's like, but the only example you have is is of what he did. So no matter what, you're going to kind of fall into that, into that trap because, you know, that's what you're doing. And like you say, it's your turn now. So you want to continue this, you know what I'm saying? Like, this is, this is what you're okay with. So like, it, well, it, that's what, that's what I'm saying, right? Yeah. Like if there was going to be a second movie, this would have made like, okay, like, yeah, I'm excited to see what happens with Jim and Chan's character taking over the rings, but mm -hmm. I don't think there's going to be a second movie. <laughs> but unfortunately, which is sad, I really did enjoy this a lot. Um, I would love to see a second, like a sequel to this, but I just, I don't think it's going to happen. <laughs> mm -hmm. So, um, Yeah. 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 So like, that's the only thing where I feel like it came out of left field. I do think the allegory makes sense um but it just you know what i'm saying i wish we had spent more time with that character to to really make that come through because you 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 believe that she's on his side the entire way and she may be but you know women of a powerful men have aspirations of their own right and that's definitely something 
she was looking to explore, but I feel like maybe it's a deleted scene or something, but it's in there. I feel like it's in there. We just didn't get to see it. And it would have made that part a little bit stronger in my opinion. But other than that, solid. You know what I'm saying? I didn't have an issue with it. The one thing I was worried about, right, is because I've seen two films recently, Turning Red and Nope, where once we get to the third act, it's go big or go home, right? And, and it's got to be this big thing. We got to go balls to the wall and it's got to be exciting and all of that stuff. And I'm like, I hope this film doesn't fall into that trap. And it was looking like that for a while, but then everything sort of made sense and, and as to why they did it, the way they did it. Um, yeah, the only thing I have an issue with really is her killing Jack. That's the only thing where I was like, uh, like I get it because I'm like, I no, I didn't get it. <laughs> like, like her escaping Jack, I would have understood. I would have completely understood that made sense her, i mean yeah he he was squeezing her though right so, i and mean a, and and that yeah. that leans into that leans into the allegory where it's like dude she's she she was literally about to forgive you and then you just kept pushing you kept going too far and then you know in order to break free from you she had to do something drastic um and i get it but i just think uh, just laying it on. I don't know if she necessarily meant to kill him. No. Right, because she she hits him on the head. She probably expected the glass to shatter. Honestly, <laughs> that's what I'm saying. I don't know, and I don't. You know, she's thinking too that this is all virtual. It doesn't. She doesn't realize till after that this is actually killing him. Right. Um. I didn't mind him dying um i wish that now i do wish that they had kept jack as a lighter character because the way that i don't know i mean it wouldn't have made sense i guess if he was but i i really like really really liked who he was in that world like he seemed like such a nice guy until you find until out, you find out. Actually, like, <laughs> a weird like uh i don't even know what 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 you call that? Uh, I I will say like again going back to Harry Styles. I don't know what like he doesn't have a lot of great standout scenes or anything. But I think the scene where he uh, apologizes because he knows that he snitched yeah. on her and they're they're taking her away. Oh, yeah, I thought that was great. Like I thought he, yeah, he played that, that very great. well. Like that was that was an amazing scene. But like yeah, he he had. He at least had that moment in the film, which I thought was, yeah, he, he really played that. And she played it even better, which is crazy. But like, like yeah. Um, yeah, I like Jack. I liked Jack's character. It just, I don't know. Like, again, once we get, once you realize what the allegory is, it's just certain parts that you're like, okay, you're, you're pouring it on, man. <laughs> like, you're, you're pouring it on really thick. And, um, yeah, I just thought the scene with him squeezing her and her having to kill him. I don't know. I was I was like, I would have I would have much rather she hit him with the glass, it shattered, he was knocked out, and then she escaped. 
right? And would you rather have seen like a resolve where they talk about it maybe like at the end, like there it's maybe like one of her and him discussing like yeah, I would have rather it came to an amicable not amicable amicable but like I would have rather like he survived, realized she was gone, and then when they got back to the real world, she was she left, right? Like like just as if you're gonna go with that allegory that of men controlling women, I think the strongest way for to show like you know you can't do this is for her to have for them both to have survived and for him to have realized the 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 consequences of his actions, right? In real time, instead of instead of it being too late, you know what I'm saying? And he was he was a he was an abuser. He was an idiot. Let's kill him anyway. You know what I'm saying? Like instead of that, because again, I just feel like that shows more of your vitriol instead of, you know, trying to come to a accessible ending. Yeah. No, I I agree. Um, let's talk about real quick some of the side characters. Any standouts to you or? Uh, any particular ones that you liked in the movie? I liked. Oh God, um, there's. I mean, they had a pretty stacked cast to be honest, but I felt like they also didn't use them that much. No, and and like the one character whom I liked the most was um, Kiki Lane's character. I can't even remember her name. Was it Meredith or Margaret? I think it was Margaret. Um, you know, she was the one that she had gone. She had gone old, like off route and lost her son. Oh, and yeah. she was the one who was basically letting people know, like, you know, this is not real. Something's happening. And everybody thought she was crazy. And I'm like, I liked her because I, I thought she added a great piece of like, you know, the great piece to the puzzle. Like, what is happening? Like, what is going on? And her death scene was insane. Like it was it was that was twisted. So I was just like, and then like that's the first time we see like the red coats come out of nowhere and just and drag her away and move her body and stuff. I was just like, to me, like that was the best part of like the uh the story was like, oh, okay, this is this is where things get twisted and we see, you know, where these this go. And then people are gaslighting her the rest of the way, like, she's fine. I don't know what you're talking about. Like it was like like no dude she's dead (laughs) but yeah i i like that character i thought that was a i thought she was really well executed it's a shame we didn't get to spend more time with her but i I thought that was really well done yeah um i'll say it again i really love Gemma chan's character Mm -hmm. uh she was awesome um I was gonna say Phoenix that scene with them, like the girls dancing that they they kept playing. Is that was that I couldn't was that uh CGI or was it was that a real shot? No, I'm pretty sure those were real shots. Those um, those were really good. Oh yeah, those were insane. Those <laughs> were awesome. No, I was just gonna say I really like some of that. Yeah. yeah, very well choreographed. Uh, very stylized. They're, they are meant to be the illusion that leads you into this world, right? Uh, and they're sort of hypnotizing. That's that's what they do. Like, 
And and I thought that was really cool. That was a really unique way of, of doing it. And just a great visual. Like in terms of visuals, I think this movie's really good in terms of visuals. Oh my god. Yeah, yeah. like the like the 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 dancers I think was amazing. Uh there's a couple of just really gorgeous shots uh throughout the film. Uh yeah. The costume costume and makeup were great. Costume and makeup were great. Uh that scene that I talked about with uh Margaret dying, that visual was insane. Like that was just crazy to see. Um, you know, when she comes out of the house with blood on her, that's an insane visual and everybody's sort of stalking around her and stuff. So like there's there's key moments throughout this film that I think are just really well done and, and show Olivia Wilde is a really good director, right? She's a really good director behind the camera, maybe needs a little bit more seasoning in dealing with her cast. But yeah, like, no kidding. Yeah. <laughs> but I think overall, she made a solid film. Like, yeah, it is it. It's not as good as Book Smart. No, it's. I've not, never seen Book Smart, so I, I would definitely i i encourage you to check out Book Smart. Um, it's not among the best of the year, in my opinion. Um, but I think overall it's solid. Like I would take it over a lot of other things that I've seen this year, in particular some things that I saw last year. So uh, I like this better than I. I like this a lot more than I like Nope, to be honest. Okay. <laughs> I just, yeah. I mean, I know Nope wasn't what we all expected, but still, I I thought that I don't know. I thought Nope was. I was really hoping Nope was going to be different. I'll just say that. I mean, it's still a really good movie, but yeah, we kind of we talked about that before. But yeah, I mean, I would I would watch both movies over and over again. Oh yeah, hundred percent. No, I mean both are great in their own aspect in the message. I really like the fact that both are for trying to project a message in the movie and the artwork that they're using to do that. Because I mean, this movie is artistically beautiful to watch. Like you know what I mean. So yeah, I would I would definitely watch both over and over again. Yeah. So overall, I I dug it. I think there's plenty of things to like about this film. Uh, I don't understand. Uh, I mean, I kind of understand the critic response, but I think it's it's a little bit hyperbolic, really, at this point. Um, so I'm curious what the fan response will be, uh, or the audience response will be, I should say. Um, but overall, I I enjoyed it. So, what's your final rating for Don't Worry, Darling? I know you're not gonna agree with me, Phoenix. It's okay. Uh. But I really, I mean, I had some nitpicks, but overall, like, I, I really did love this movie. Um, and they got me with the tech aspect. So, I, I, you know, that's something that I kind of lean into a lot with with some things. I really love that. So, uh, that being said, though, uh, my final rating is going to be four and a half. Um, I really, really enjoyed this film. Um, I would see it over and over again, to be honest. I, I really did enjoy it. Um, besides the pacing and a uh, couple, I guess you could say, plot holes uh, here and there. Um, overall, this film was amazing, beautiful to watch. Yeah, I, I really don't have that much negative to say about it. Yeah, um, I think, you know, it, 
in my mind, I, I feel like, and maybe under, you know, a different director, maybe under with a different cast, this could have been an awards player. And I think that's where my expectation was when I, when it was first announced was like, this is going to be an awards player. Yeah. And then once, you know, the reviews came out, I was like, okay, well, it's no longer an awards player, but like, maybe it'll still be good. And that's, that's where I landed where it's, it's good. It's, it's not an awards player. I don't see that happening. Um, despite, I, I, like I would say, uh, costumes would, would be yeah uh, probably the top one for me. Production design would also probably be a top one. Um, but yeah, overall, I enjoyed it. I'm going three stars. Um, I like Don't Worry Darling. I would watch it again. I think it's got some good value to it. Um, I, yeah, like I said, I think she laid it on thick with the with the allegory but overall solid film everyone did good work so and i would see it again so three stars for me four and a half for zach what did you guys think of don't worry darling let us know at film code pod on twitter and instagram and leave your thoughts there all right so with that down uh Gonna do some quick recommendations. Zach, what have you seen and what would you recommend? Well, I haven't been here in a while, so <laughs> I've, seen, I've definitely seen a lot since then. Um so I've you know, I will say this, uh, is that I have seen a lot of movies recently, and I will say that there's been a lot I've I've gone to theaters for and uh I was uh, very disappointed in so, uh, but um, I'm actually, if it's okay with you, Phoenix, I'll recommend too, because I mean, if you're going to go to the movies, I think there's, there's a couple you should see. Um, and the first one I'm going to say is Barbarian, mm-hmm. uh, which mean you talked about if you're looking for something uh, about horror. Um, I mean, I thought that was a great movie. It's probably in my opinion, as far as horror goes, probably the best we've had this year for horror um hands down i mean it's a great story i'm not gonna ruin it because even in the trailers they really don't give away a lot no um and it just goes so many places you don't expect it to go so uh that movie was great um the other movie i recommend i've seen recently um it's actually kind of like a biographical documentary style film is uh moon age daydream Mm. oh my gosh i saw that movie in theaters not only is it beautiful david bowie is amazing as always um i yeah that you want to talk about beautiful film to watch and artistic and gorgeous and oh my gosh (laughs) i i could not get over that movie um moon age daydream um i don't think it's in theaters anymore it's very very limited um like i saw an imax so i was that was awesome um, so I highly recommend if you can see it in theaters still, uh, that you go do that. Uh, that's a great movie. Nice. Uh, both, I've seen both of those. Those are amazing. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, this week I've been watching actually a lot of older films or rewatching films that I've seen, uh, once or twice before. And, um, of that bunch, <laughs> it is, uh, I, like the list of movies that I've been watching is insane. Like I, I finally saw Citizen Kane. 
I went back and rewatched Boys in the Hood. Uh, I I rewatched Ghost. All of these are my favorite, some of my favorite movies of all time. <laughs> but the movie I'm going to recommend is by far, hands down, an underrated classic. And it deserves way more love and attention. And it, it deserves way, it deserves the world because it's that good. I am talking about 19, no, sorry, 2003's Freaky Friday, starring Jamie Lee Curtis and Lindsay Lohan. I absolutely adore this film. You understand? I adore this film. Really? <laughs> Freaky Friday? Yes. The it Disney is, movie? Yes. It is so good. It, it really is so good. In terms of the idea of two people of different generations having to pretend to embody the other. And Jamie Lee Curtis is an absolute professional. Lindsay Lohan was literally at the top of her game at, at the time that this movie came out. They did such an incredible job of, of mirroring not only each other's like emotions or whatever, or personalities, but their mannerisms. Like, it's really brilliant. And then on top of that, some great comedy, some really funny, really funny gags, physical comedy gags, some some amazing music. Like literally, I've been listening to that soundtrack like for two days straight. Uh, I love this film. I cannot say enough good things about this film. I'm going to write a lengthy letterbox review on it because of how much I love it. So I highly highly recommend if you have not seen it check out freaky friday uh you're gonna love it have you seen the original i have not seen the original and i don't there's care an original it. in the 70s yeah i, I know jody foster's in it i think yeah yeah no 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 care and then they made a remake uh, i think in like 2017 or something i don't i don't care to see that either like the best oh you have to see the original no i don't <laughs> yeah you do i mean absolutely not the yeah, but you're comparing. You're saying it's a in 2003. Okay, you're you're saying it's a great movie. Though they had a 1976 <laughs> film before this come out, so they're just copying it. Who cares? <laughs> <laughs> Jamie Lee Curtis, Lindsay Lohan, best version, hands down. That's all I'm. He's say. saying best version without seeing the others. So Sorry. Relax, Sorry. little. Okay, you don't have to take my word for it, but I guarantee. I'm just you, kidding. If you no, see it is a good the movie. Others, you see the it is a good movie. It is a good movie. I've seen it. I've seen it. <laughs> so there you have it. Freaky Friday and Barbarian or Moon Age Daydream. Take your pick. You will not be uh, dissatisfied either way. Uh, although I think Freaky Friday and Barbarian would make one interesting double feature. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So we're going to get up out of here, guys. Uh, Zach, let everybody know where they can find you, sir. You guys can find me uh, on Twitter at Zach Sneath. That is Z-A-C-H-S-N-E-A-T-H. And you can find me on Letterboxd at Z Sneaks. All right. And you guys can find me on Twitter at I'm H-O-Reviews1. That's the number one. And on Letterboxd under P.A. Cloudin. And as always, guys, please follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at FilmCodePod. And we will see you guys next week. We are out of here. Peace.